0: It was the fall of 1991 and the craze of the day was like Mike, if I could be like Mike. That phrase was made famous by a Gatorade commercial. Well, eighth grade basketball was one week away and I played for the Mabelvale Junior High Red Raiders and the Air Jordan 5s were all the rage because those were the shoes that Jordan wore in that particular commercial. I was a decent basketball player, but How much better could I be if I had the Jordan fives? Well, obviously, I could be like Mike, weaving my way through defenders, draining three-point shots, taking it to the hoop with my tongue sticking out, making poster-worthy plays. And somehow, I convinced my parents of this logic. And so we took off to Park Plaza Mall and entered the Foot Locker, the mecca of shoe stores. A few minutes later, I walked out of there with my head high, shoulders back, and chest out because I now owned a pair of Air Jordans. Well, I couldn't wait for practice to begin and for me to walk out onto the court with my new superhuman power strapped to my feet, awaiting some kind of miracle like in the old movie Flubber. Well, you probably know the story. Nothing cosmic happened in that practice. I didn't jump higher or run faster or shoot any better. I was still just a normal basketball player, nothing special, and it remained that way for the rest of the season. We know how silly it is to think that a pair of shoes that are just like every other pair of shoes is going to make any identifiable improvement on our talent, but we routinely convince ourselves that they will. This is the whole premise behind Benny the Jet in the movie The Sandlot. When the time came for him to scale a fence and retrieve the baseball from the beast, he brought out his secret weapon, the PF Flyers, guaranteed to make a boy run faster and jump higher. Well, this type of thinking isn't just found in little kids. And at the heart of this type of thinking is believing that the essence of greatness or exponential improvement is contained within something like a shoe that, in reality has very little, if anything, to do with any improvement at all. The Apostle Paul was battling this very mindset in the church at Corinth, but what was at stake was far greater than a basketball game or a lost baseball. Paul was concerned about the impact and the holiness of the church, and if the church at Corinth continued with that particular mindset, both her holiness and her effectiveness would be severely damaged. Their perspective and mindset was summed up in the slogans they were proclaiming, such as, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos. As if they belonged to Paul or Apollos in some way, elevating these mere men to a celebrity status that the Corinthians thought would give them some kind of exponential greatness. So in a series of three paragraphs in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul employs four different images the master-servant image, a farming image, the master-builder, and then God's temple. And he uses these images to course-correct the Corinthian church. And it is to these images we turn our attention to over the next few days to see how Paul teaches the church at Corinth. So you need to come back tomorrow as we start this new journey. But when you pray today, please remember Sarah Philemon, our missionary in Romania and also remember the French Haitian LifeWord broadcast that's heard in Haiti.